0: God, no matter what you were taught or not taught about who or what He is, we all have questions about Him. Who is He? What is He? If He exists, is He good? Should He be trusted? How involved is He in my life? And if He's involved, what in the world is He thinking? Where was He when? Where is He now? Does He care about me? Does He really care? about all the suffering in the world? Do I matter? Am I important? Is surviving this life all there is? Will I ever feel truly loved? Will I ever feel something other than pain, emptiness, and loneliness? No matter what your official religion or belief status is, how you answer these questions is in fact the most important thing about you. Even if you believe that there's no God, it's still the most important thing about you. Who you become and what your life produces will be directly connected to your perspective of God. If you've seen Him as less powerful than He actually is, it'll have a great effect on you. And if you've seen Him to be less good than He really is, it will greatly affect you. If you've seen him to be less relevant to life than he really is, then the adverse effects on your life will be equally as profound. What if the whole point of life is to discover the answers to these questions? Are you willing to take the risk of disappointment and the fear of dealing with the pain that's behind those hard questions? Although Johnny and I were both raised in Christian families and grew up in Christian churches, we went through enough heartache in our life to begin asking those hard questions early on. Pain has a way of doing that to you, either forcing the issue to the surface or burying it deep enough to ignore. Are you ready to explore a God who's so much more than most of us have imagined or been told? that it jolts you into a new way of experiencing life? Our perspectives of who God is and what He's like are most often formulated by our upbringing and then by our reaction to our upbringing. If our childhood left us with happy memories along with instruction about who God is, then we generally are able to hold on to some perspective of a good God and continue to live out a relationship with Him. On the other hand, if our early experiences in life were fraught with trauma and family fractures, we often find our beliefs about God have deteriorated, and we see Him as either non-existent or someone who can't be trusted. There are obviously innumerable perspectives of who God is and what He's like, but the one that matters the most is yours. Ultimately, everyone wants to know their purpose in life. My personal journey has brought me to the realization that we were made by God and for Him. I've also realized that even though settling these questions of purpose are vital for a meaningful existence, the answers cannot be discovered or understood without an expanded perspective of who God is. An expanded perspective of God becomes a life changer for anyone who's experienced it. Though my husband and I don't by any means claim to have a full perspective of God ourselves, we do claim to have grown greatly in our own personal perceptions of who He is. This growth has been revolutionary in our own lives as well as for those we've had the privilege of interacting with. For us, Every time our individual perspectives of God have expanded, it's resulted in drastic changes in our quality of life and a greater understanding of our purpose in life, individually and even as a couple. The God each of us sees is the God that we show others. As your view of God is expanded, you then can give others the opportunity to see God in new ways. You could show someone else the expanded view of God that you wish you had been introduced to. To help make a point, I'd like to tell you a little uh, story about my husband Johnny's life growing up. His amazing parents were God-loving people who served the Lord as pastors and missionaries in Peru, South America, for over 50 years. God was the priority of their household and of the way they lived. The church movement that Johnny and his family were a part of was radical in its expression and devotion to God. They were taught that God was to be prioritized in every way possible and not just on Sunday mornings. He was to be prioritized in how they dressed, in how they interacted with the opposite sex, in how intensely they sang in worship in the multiple church services they had to attend every week. God was to be thought of in every word they spoke and in every attitude they expressed. He was everywhere at all times and he could see and hear everything they were doing. Therefore, it behooved them not to do or say anything that might displease God. Though Johnny was able to bring many good uh, perspectives of God into his adulthood, like many of us, there were also many negative and false perceptions that came from his childhood. Perspectives that he no longer carries and that changed his life. Though Johnny was able to bring many good perspectives of God into his adulthood, like many of us, there were also many negative and false perceptions about God that came from his childhood. Perspectives that he no longer carries and that changed his life. Because as A.W. Tozer says, what we think about God is the most important thing about us. Maybe you can relate to the God Johnny grew up with, one who was a good God, theoretically. But in reality, God seemed almost pretty much a stern principle who was always looking over your shoulder, ready to chide you for any ungodly action, thought, or deed. The God Johnny knew growing up didn't love most things about this world or this life. He despised sports and entertainment because they kept stealing people's attention from himself. The fact that boys would notice pretty girls was tremendously distasteful to this God and definitely not holy. The God he knew cared very little for anything here on earth, including the earth itself. It would all burn up one day And that day could be any day. The God he knew couldn't care less whether the planet was contaminated or not. He didn't like the fact that girls played with dolls and dressed up. He was annoyed by boys and all of their rambunctiousness. His family's God thought children didn't need toys or entertainment of any sort. He was decidedly serious. Anything that was not about going to church or reading the Bible or praying was just so beneath him that he could barely stand it. Johnny grew up perceiving that the only time he was really pleasing God was when he was in church. Furthermore, that was really the only subject they could even talk about. God didn't like to talk about anything that was not religious. Johnny loved playing soccer. But he didn't dare talk to God about that—he mainly just hoped God would ignore him and tolerate it while he played and thought about soccer every day. He had friends, passions, and desires, but they were not to be brought to God. Like many of ours, Johnny's growing-up God was pretty much a one-tone, one-color, single-interest God who loved him, but barely because he was so darn human, earthly, and distracted by earthly things. Johnny and I have had the privilege of traveling all over the world and of being exposed to multiple cultures. In much the same way that the culture of our childhood homes contributes to the ways that we perceive God, we've observed that every nation's culture also has a tremendous influence on how God is perceived by people of that nation. Every culture or way of doing life, whether individually or as societies, contributes to the perception of who God is, which is usually a distortion. By and large, the trend seems to be the projection of a God who's very limited in his ability to identify with us, a God who's very stiff, uncreative, rigid, boring, demanding, religious, and ultimately hard to interact with. These perceptions lead us to a host of questions regarding his power and his goodness. If he's so powerful and so good, just why are we in such a mess? Why are there millions of orphans? Why are there so many starving? Why are there so many in forced sexual slavery? Why is there so much violence, sickness, and death? Everything seems to suggest a God who either doesn't exist or, worse, isn't good. If He exists and He's good, surely His world wouldn't be so out of control. If we haven't wrestled with and answered these questions correctly, we bring to our cultures solutions born in the hearts of those with orphan mentalities. We solve the world's problems the best we can, from our wounded hearts, and from our wounded ways, which will never be God's heart for us. When we live from hearts that deep down feel abandoned by God, we'll only produce a culture in our homes and in our nations that reflects the God that we see. We will only properly care about what we think He cares about. And whatever we think He doesn't care about, we'll either not care about ourselves, or we'll respond to it driven by our collective fears and wounds. And as they say, how's that working for us? Think about this on a personal level. Whether your parents ever talked to you about God or not, what parallels do you see in things you believed or currently believe about God that are similar to your childhood? If your parents weren't around or never spoke of God, perhaps you tend to see him as distant at best. If your parents or authority figures seemed overwhelmed by you or especially worried about how you would turn out, maybe you now interact with a God who you think thinks your life is so complicated he couldn't possibly help you until you get it together first. Maybe the God you know is disappointed with you And the choices that you've made have left this God of yours looking at you through eyes of disgust and shame. Maybe your God is loving but uninvolved in the details of your life because he has more important things to take care of. So you beg him to occasionally get involved. Perhaps you struggle in a never-ending cycle of either trying to fix your life or wanting to quit and stay as medicated from your pain as possible. When you have extra energy, do you look for someone else to blame or do you heap blame on yourself? If you can identify with any of this, then you need a healed and expanded view of God. It can change everything. It changed everything for Johnny, my husband, and for myself. Our expanded perspective of God is not gone unchallenged by the realities of our life and crisis we've been through. However, we have grown to have an unwavering perspective of who we have seen God to be, better than we ever hoped. This expanded perspective of who God is has allowed us to live life like we never lived before, free to love and be loved by a Father who cares far more than we thought about us and about the details of life. God was the one-tone, one-color God. We have since come to know him as the rainbow God, the God of all of life, who cares about everything we care about and all the issues that affect our hearts and our lives individually and as a society. Before, he was the one who loved us, but mainly as it related to us getting to heaven one day. We now see him everywhere and in everything, quick to offer his compassionate heart and perfect solutions for the problems around us. He not only cares, but he's passionate about all areas of life and of culture because it all originated in him. He is the essence of all that is culture today. Media, family, arts and entertainment, economy, religion, education, government, was all originally sourced in him. So what are you interested in? What do you care about? What is it that you see about our culture that makes you passionate to the point of giving your life or career to it, or a frustration that makes you angry enough to want to change it and make a difference? What if that thing in you is God? What if he does care, after all, through you? What if the very thing that has captured your attention since you were little, that thing that you wish you had the money or courage or talent to do the rest of your life, is there because God put it in you? What if that thing that you're good at is Him? What if He isn't hidden in the walls of a cathedral or behind the dead religious rituals that human beings have settled for? The proof that God cares about politics, a stable income, and a good movie is the fact that you care. Could He be closer to you than you've perceived, felt, or been told? Could He possibly be more real, relevant, and better than you've thought? It's our hope that as you bring your questions and perceptions about God with you through life, that you'll gain a healed and expanded view of God, that will cause you to live like you've never lived before, knowing and trusting a God that you've seen in a brand new way. This podcast was made available by contributions from listeners like you. To donate, go online to restore7.org. Thank you.